Welcome to Real Horror Case Files, where I, Salva, tell you all about the most horrific and terrifying true crime and paranormal sto- stories from around the world. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Chantel. Hi, everyone. How goes it? You know, same old, same old. <laughs> same old, same old. Schoolwork, work, work. Yeah. Here we go. I later. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I wanted to give people some shout outs because <laughs> people have been really nice. And yes, um, people have been responding. Yeah, which is amazing. Like lots of love from all of us. Um, all of us being I can't, in Chantal. I can't, do, I, can't, uh, I can't do a good heart. So we can try to do the, the half heart. A little over. A little over. Oh, oh, okay, that's good enough. <laughs> um anyways, so this this particular one um is from the Lizzie Borden episode and um basically the the comment um is from Spencer Hazer at Spencer Hazer. Um, I'm going to read it because it's on it's on there. So I'm going to read it. And um, because I thought it was really interesting, really interesting. Um, about the yeah. Lizzie. This is so this is from the Lizzie Borden episode. Um, the week they removed the printing press that covered the right side of the house, my wife and I slept overnight uh, in the Morse room where Mrs. Borden was murdered. The house is now a B and B. I did know that, and I would absolutely love to stay there one day. We should we should do it one day. Yeah, one day. My opinion is Lizzie did it, but may have been aided with help from an illegitimate son of the father. For more info, read the book Parallel Lives, which I plan on doing. Um, they knew the time of death due to onset of rigor mortis. I feel like it was something like that, and we were just being really dumb. In the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for like clarification on that. <laughs> uh, the room where Abby was killed is a few steps from Lizzie's room. Killed Abby and have time to change and put the bloody dress where no police of the day would look. The bag holding the used period rags and tried to get rid of it later, but was seen putting it in the wood burning stove, which would make sense. Mm hmm. That's an interesting theory. Illegitimate son. I have not heard that theory, and now I'm so yeah. intrigued. I'm definitely gonna pick up this book and and um and read it. Um, yeah, I'll that's add it really to my interesting. List. I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna have to read that yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, and that's that's actually there was another comment from um Michelle Leon Niel Ellie two six three one. Um, this channel is going to, uh, this is going to be a big channel one day. I love the vibe. You guys are so sweet. My recommendation would be to work on your storytelling, talk a little faster with less ums, pauses, etc. And I mean that with love. And I, I did comment on this. Aww. I didn't know if you see it, if you saw the comment that I wrote, but I, um, we appreciate any kind of feedback truly. Like it helps us grow. It helps us, um, develop more. And honestly, like, we want to do what you guys want to see. Because it's, the stories so far have just been ones that we really wanted to to cover. 
Uh, mostly yeah. what I want to cover because Chantal has no idea what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> um, but if you guys have any particular stories that you guys really love, or if you have any feedback to give us, um, obviously be nice, please. Um, um, we can I just say yes. I I've been counting now that she mentioned it. I've been counting how many ums you just said, and we're up to we're up to eight, um, including I think I said it too. So. But that's just how I talk. So. That's that's the problem. Even when we have conversations, that's just how I talk. I'm going to start an um counter. And Stop. I'm tell you. No. <laughs> don't. Now I'm going to be so self-conscious of it. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> as, you, um, as we get better at this, I feel like that. I hope so. It definitely um, comes with practice. Correct. Like this is only episode it's episode six, but technically the seventh episode that we've done. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> it comes with practice. I'm going to notice it so much now. Now I am too. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's just get into today's episode. Uh, today's episode, I. I don't want to say it's light, but it's not as heavy as the last couple episodes that we've done. And it's a case that I studied in school. You were trying to get me to say it. Yeah. And I'm I'm in my head right now trying not to say it. I was waiting. I was waiting. Yeah, we got it out. We got it out. This is a story or a um I don't remember what you said. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. It's it's a case that I studied with all, while I was in school. Now keep in mind, Chantel, I didn't study crime or like all that stuff. I studied marketing. Um and we we talked about this particular case when we were talking about public relations or PR because mm-hmm. this is probably the most famous case where a company a big corporation did PR the right way I have no idea where this is going <laughs> so, I'm so today I'm going to talk to you and tell you the story about the Chicago Tylenol murders oh yes. okay. so um, hence why I check all my medicine now. Well, hence why we have a lot more packaging involved with medicine. This mm-hmm. this was the case that that really um, <laughs> that really put pushed the company Johnson and Johnson um, to make the packaging with the with the silver seal on top. And mm-hmm. the more With child the, like, stuff and stuff inside it. I as think well, the like, stuff inside was already in there, but it was more of the the seal, the the aluminum, and then putting it in boxes too, right? Yes, yeah. Basically, trying to make it harder for people to tamper with. And now we know, even with any kind of packaged goods, now you know that if the seal is broken, return it to the store. Do not consume it at all. And it's Unless... all because of this case. Unless you're my family and bring it home, find a food product that has a broken seal and then realize that it broke in the car and eat it anyways. 
I wouldn't even do it then. I would, because then it, I would be in my head like, oh my god, was this broken in the store? That's, did someone that's do? We were, we were like, we were like, oh my god, did did it break in the store? Did, did like this thing happen? <laughs> and then um, we put it, we had it when we were looking at it in the bag because we saw it ripped, mm-hmm. and we flipped it, and then we knew that the backside wasn't broken because it was like a bag of grated nacho cheese. Yeah. And then the backside had a hole, and we were like, it did not have a hole. What the hell happened? And it was I don't remember what it was, but one of our other products yeah. had pierced. So I don't know if you. We'll get into the episode in a second, but I don't know if you do this, but when you go grocery shopping and you go and buy like a bottle of ketchup or something, do you unscrew the no. lid to check before you buy it? No, do you? I do sometimes. But to be fair, I'm not the one who's usually buying that stuff. It's usually my parents. And I'll check the eggs. Like, I'll open the carton of eggs eggs. to see if they're all okay. I check the eggs. I check, um, yeah, I usually check when I buy stuff, but I don't normally buy the ketchup. Like, we have ketchup that's been in our fridge for, like, a year, so we don't use all that much. Does that really expire? I'm sure it does, but, like. (laughs) I'm sure it does, but. In 20 years. I mean, it's still good, technically. Listen, you just do the smell test. Yeah. That's what I do anyways, all the time. Let's get into let's get into today's episode. I don't so, think you could do a smell test for a Tylenol though. I don't think that would work. <laughs> there is a way. Oh. Okay. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about okay. it with this particular case. Yeah. Um, so this story starts, yes. First, um, Chantel, we're not doing this. <laughs> I don't like this game. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, I did this in a timeline. So um, I'm going to take okay. you through the timeline. So okay. on September 29th, 1982, at 6.15 a.m. in Elk Grove Village, Uh, Mary Kellerman woke up with a head cold. She is a 12-year-old girl. Okay. She's 12 years old. Um, I believe she's the only child, from what I can tell off of the research. Um, So she just woke up really early with a head cold. Her mom gave her extra-strength Tylenol, which was purchased at the grocery store the night before. And seconds later, her father heard her coughing in the bathroom, followed by a loud thump on the ground. Her father found her collapsed on the floor, struggling to breathe with her eyes dilated. They called paramedics, um, who took her to Alexan Brothers Medical Center, where she was pronounced dead at 9.56 a.m. Then, at 11 a.m. in Arlington Heights, Adam Janice expected experienced some chest pain the previous day but continued running errands for the day he stopped by a local grocery store to pick up a few things including extra strength tylenol at home he went to the bathroom and apparently took the tylenol his wife Teresa did not see him take it um, only that he left the bathroom clutching his chest His wife, Teresa, saw two neighbors walking outside, one of which was a nurse, and asked for help. The nurse went inside where Adam's eyes, where she saw Adam um, struggling to breathe with his eyes dilated. The nurse tried to um, 
resuscitate him while the other neighbors called uh, for the ambulance and was taken to Northwest Community Hospital. They tried to revive him but was pronounced dead at 3.15 p.m. Extended family where Adam's home uh, went to Adam's home to console his wife, Teresa, including Adam's 25-year-old brother, Stanley, and his wife, also named Teresa, but I'm going to call her Terry for the purposes of the story. It was also what the family called her. This is the wife. So Teresa, so there's two Teresas. Teresa, um, Adam's wife, who right. is the deceased. And then Adam's brother, Stanley, also has a wife named Teresa, but they call her Terry. So going forward, I'm okay. going to call Stanley's wife, Terry. Just so, so that we're clear. brother's wife, Terry. Yes. Okay, got it. Got it. So... At 3.45 in Winfield, uh, Mary Reiner, 27-year-old mother of a six-day-old son, was preparing dinner when she started getting a headache. Um, because she was a new mother, she was following doctor's orders, so she decided to take two capsules of Tylenol, which she had purchased at the grocery store earlier that day. Immediately felt dizzy, and on her way to the bathroom, she collapsed in the kitchen and began having seizures. Her husband called police and the officer found her um, continually having seizures and her eyes dilated. She soon after died. At five, uh, 5.15 in Arlington Heights, uh, so we're back to the um, Janice house, Stanley okay. Janice was there with his wife, who they were just married um, three months ago. And he asked anyone if he wanted Tylenol because he started getting headaches. His wife said yes, and the two went to the bathroom with water. Moments later, Stanley came out clutching his chest, and Terry also felt the same. They quickly called paramedics who had been there earlier for a similar call. Um, and this time, Fire Lieutenant Chuck Kramer called for an emergency to follow the ambulance. And usually this doesn't happen for the fire trucks or other um, emergency vehicles to be involved. But because they were called earlier, like a couple hours before this call now, they found it suspicious. So they wanted to make sure that everything was fine and nothing serious. Like, I mean, it's serious, but like nothing catastrophic was happening. So, um, they all went. As they tried to revive Stanley, Terry was clutching Lieutenant Kramer, screaming when she too collapsed with her eyes dilated. So it took Terry a little bit longer to collapse. But um, she took she took the meds after the others, right? Her and Stanley took the meds together. Oh, okay, they took it at the same time. Okay, got yes. it. Yes. I guess for Stanley it affected him more quickly than it did Terry. Um, but she collapsed when the, when the police and the ambulance were at the house trying to revive Stanley. So Lieutenant Kramer knew something other than a heart attack was going on because that's what they initially thought was what got Adam because he did feel chest pain before. And I guess his wife had mentioned that to the police. So, um, they just assumed that maybe he had a heart attack or a stroke. Did his brother also feel chest pain, or his brother was just the headache? His brother felt chest pain. I would think heart attack, too, honestly. Not gonna yeah, lie. Right? Because that's, that's what they... 
mm-hmm. they thought was going on initially. Because it's it just it ha- it happened so instant, like there was no yeah. time. There was no really no time in between. Right. Anything. Like I right? would assume. So I they would just, assume heart attack too. Yeah. Heart Plus, attack or stroke. You or also something. have to keep in mind, like it's still, it's like the same day they still haven't even examined the body yet so they don't know really what's going on they just assume like that's what happened yeah they assume natural causes yes yeah so lieutenant kramer knew something other than a heart attack was going on so he brought the entire family to the hospital um, and on their way, Kramer had called the hospital saying, quote, you better find a place for us. I've got 14 people who need to be isolated. So he thought it was something more. Like a virus or something. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it's one thing to have it where um, it's one person in the house, similar to Mary, hmm. where she she died. Now it's it's three people in the same family in the same house that it happened to. Yeah. So that's you gotta be, better to be safe than sorry. Honestly. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, it, at 6 45 PM in Lombard, um, Illinois, Mary, this all, by the way, takes place within the Chicago area. Okay. So Mary McFarland is a single mom of two boys, was taking her dinner break at the Yorktown Shopping Center, where she worked at the Bell Store in the mall. After going back to work um, a while later, she went to the back to deal with a headache. Um, She took two capsules of Tylenol and offered some to co-worker Diana um, Hildebrad, but she declined. McFarlane went back to work but returned shortly after where she turned to Diana and said, quote, I don't feel good, and she collapsed. They called 911 and paramedics arrived quickly. Asked, uh, they asked Diana if Mary took anything. Diana told them, quote, well, yeah, she took Tylenol, end quote. They took yeah. her to Good Samaritan Hospital where doctors believe she suffered from a stroke. That co-worker is lucky she didn't take Tylenol. It honestly, what is with all these people offering like so much t- Tylenol? I think it's just they're like, I'm gonna take is, a Tylenol. Do you need a Tylenol? Like, that's I don't know. This is so this particular case with um, with Mary, I, I didn't add it in the notes because I now I have to because you asked me about it. But oh. <laughs> um, they said the reason they actually keep a separate stash of um. I don't think it's they said it was it was Tylenol specifically, but it was some kind of like medication that you would take if you have headaches, because a lot of the staff members at the Bell store with the fluoren um with the fluorescent oh, right lights. lights often got headaches, so they kept a separate stash. But Di- Mary took her own personal one from her purse. Oh, okay, got it. Because the fl- fluorescent lights do give me headaches too sometimes. That would make sense. Yeah. So, and yeah, okay. you also, like, this is the 70s, so yeah, yeah, times were definitely different from when, from now, where now we're more conscious about offering or giving people medication. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah so uh, it's seven o'clock now in Arlington Heights. We're going back to um, the Jansons. So, um, Kramer 
Lieutenant Craner decided to call Helen Jensen, Arlington Heights nurse and only public health official, for some advice. Because he had a feeling something else was going on rather than... How small is this town that they only have one public health official? It's the 70s, Chantel. I know, but still, like, do you have, like, do you know, like, I, like that was, like, a genuine question. Like, do you know how it's small in, this so town is? Arlington Heights is in this, is, like, the suburbs of, of Chicago. So it's not the main city, but it's just outside. It's, like, okay. Scarborough to Toronto. Okay, but that's still, like, a lot of people to have only one public health official. I don't know. I, was, I didn't live, I don't live in this area. <laughs> and I also didn't grow up in the 70s, so I couldn't tell you. Because um, so, I'm just thinking, like, like that's just a lot of people for one person to be, like, the only health official. It's true. It's also the 70s. <laughs> but also, that's probably, it's, it's sad, but they only start thinking about this stuff once things happen. So, like, well, after this incident, and I'm sure they probably got more than one health official. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So, um... Jensen arrived at the hospital directly to the isolation room and she was like she was at home she wasn't working that night she was wearing a t-shirt and shorts and she went directly into the isolation room without getting any kind of protection well still smart right this is this is the lady from the from the store or did we jump to the to the no, so we're back lady? we're we're back to the um Johnson family Oh, okay. So Sorry, this lady there's a is... lot of skipping around because I'm trying to go within the the timeline. Yeah. No, it just I. So um... yeah. So okay. This so is... we're so this is we're the back. Johnson yes. Let me get the last name because it's it's uh, the Janice family. Oh, there we go. I think it's Janice okay. because I I believe they're Polish. Okay. Um, I don't know. So I don't think Janice. I don't have a I don't have a spelling or any words. I yeah. just have your beautiful face. Giannis and or Janice. I believe it's okay. Giannis though. So um Lieutenant Kramer got Helen Jensen, who was the nurse and only public health official, for some advice. She went to the hospital directly into the isolation um room wearing nothing but a t shirt and shorts. Um, okay. She was very much like, she is very much a, um, I'm here to do my job and I don't mm -hmm. care if I suffer, I'm here to help other people type attitude. I mean, I would still like, I don't know, grab something to cover up. Like, <laughs> like wouldn't the hospital have like protective gear to give her like booties on your feet though they probably like, do because they're in an isolation scrub. room exactly the whole like family hazmat, the whole fa suit. so you have to keep in mind it's the whole family and the entire fire crew and oh they isolated the fire crew as well yeah because they didn't want to risk it that's a lot of people it's 14 people wow okay. in one isolation room right so, um, after speaking with family about the events, Jensen quickly realized that all three had one thing in common, and that is the Tylenol. She, smart, um, smart so lady. she had police take her to their home to take a look around to see, uh, where she could find and take a look at the Tylenol bottle and the, and she found the receipt 
of it in the trash bin, which later helps the police in kind of narrowing down where things where yeah. are, are happening. So she took the bottle to be examined, but um, they were skeptical at first, but she continued to be um, determined, saying, quote, there's something in the Tylenol, but they still didn't listen to her. This is her going. So oh. they went, she went to the, the, um, the medical professionals. <laughs> so they... Are you okay? So, so, yeah, no, I'm just thinking, like, this lady figured it out right off the bat, instantly was like, yeah, it's the Tylenol. And everyone was like, nah, like that pissed Oh my God. This woman. Yeah. Oh. And she was like, that at that point, me. at that point, like, she was like, basically yelling at them. There's something in the Tylenol. You better go get it tested. She was so adamant about it, but nobody believed her. That actually, that actually pisses me off so much. You don't even understand. <laughs> I this lady knew. Think about how I felt it. reading this. Yes. Oh she, my god. She like feel. she knew right away something was up. Yeah, she like, and she knew exactly what it was too. She was like, it's definitely. She put it all together. They all took Tylenol right before everything happened. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like my new favorite lady. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, now we're going to go to Chicago, like the heart of the city, at 8.34 p.m., where flight attendant Paula Prince had landed at O'Hare Airport, where she stopped at Walgreens on her way home. Security footage of the store captured the exact time, which was 9.16 p.m., where she paid for extra-strength Tylenol. Um, Once at home, she was getting ready for bed, where she consumed one tablet. And this is kind of sad. Oh, no. Because um, Regula... Uh, Lavengood and Paula's sister found her lifeless body two days later. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So everyone else at least kind of, they they had some kind of a chance where they went to Mm -hmm. the hospital or they were with paramedics to try and revive them, but she had nobody Mm -hmm. around her. Absolutely nobody. So, um, at 10.15, this is back with the Giannis family in Arlington Heights. Stanley Giannis was pronounced dead, and Terry was on life support with no chance of recovery, where she soon after died. I believe she died the the next day. Um, Dr. Kim, who was the the doctor um, handling the family at this time, suspected their deaths was not caused by something environmental, but something they ingested. So he's also on something. Yeah, he's also... Okay. So the rest of the family was taken out of quarantine, but they stayed at the hospital for overnight observation just to be safe. Um, Lieutenant Kramer shut down his station and sent his um, crew home so they could uh, decontaminate themselves at home, basically just take a shower and and rest. Um, And clean your clothes and do scrub down, sanitize the body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Another fire lieutenant, Phil um, Capitelli, Capitelli, um, called him asking what was going on and Kramer, because Kramer like shut down his entire station. So right. his, his station was out of commission for the rest of the night. And so that um, the other fire lieutenant 
Um, Lieutenant uh, Capitelli found it a little odd, so he called just to see what was up and make sure everything was okay, and Kramer explained everything, ending with the fact that they had nothing in common other than the fact that they all consumed Tylenol. Right, and this lady has already clocked that it was the Tylenol and nobody listened to her. So that actually clipped with Capitelli and saying that Mary Kellerman's sudden death, which was the 12-year-old girl, had also um, had something in common with her ingesting Tylenol as well. So they both realized that something was poisoning, someone was poisoning people. Right. But they still need proof. Right. So uh, Kramer called Dr. Kim and he quickly made some calls to poison ex- experts. There was only one substance that could kill people that quickly, and that is cyanide. And he knew that, but he uh, they still obviously need proof. They right. gave both bottles to uh, from Janice's case and Kellerman's case to Nicholas Pishos, who um, was an investigator in to a medical examiner. Pishos called his boss, Dr. Edmund Donahue, for, uh, for um, help, who told Pishop to open the bottles and smell inside. He caught a strong scent of almonds. Cyanide. I know that cyanide smells like almonds. So almonds, yeah. almonds is a scent, is the scent of cyanide, um, but it's, Almonds is a, is a difficult scent to pick up because apparently um, it can only be discernible by 60% of the population. I did not. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't. So it, I knew almonds was a hard scent to smell, but only 60% of people. Have you ever smelled almonds? I've smelled burnt almonds. But I've never actually smelled... What do they smell like to you? Almonds? (laughs) Okay. See, I was... I grew up around a lot of almonds because in Italian cooking, um, in Italian cookies, you either use almond extract or almond flour. Yeah, like I've used... I used quite a bit of almond in baking before, but I haven't baked in like quite a few years. So I'm trying to remember what almonds smell like to me and i feel like they it smells like wood to me i don't know this please but don't I've also, take our word for anything yeah <laughs> but also the last time i used almonds it was a it was a nut mix it mm-hmm. wasn't just almonds so that could be why yeah <laughs> it's been a while it's been a while for me maybe yeah. i'll after this i'll go and buy some buy some almonds and and see if I can smell I love almonds. They say, like, if you eat raw it's almonds, good they're good for your heart. You ever tried almond milk? It's so good. I love almond Not milk almond and smoothies. Milk. Just... Almond love... milk and smoothies is delicious. Hmm. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I love it. Okay, anyways. <laughs> anyways, so that is the key here. If you smell almonds where almonds shouldn't be in, it's it may be cyanide. Yeah. So, yeah, that's your warning. Um, so at 1.30 a.m. in Arlington Heights, technician notified Dr. Kim that the newlyweds had a massive amount of cyanide in their bodies. Wow. In their blood, sorry. Which blood is in their bodies. Well, yes, yes. 
in case anyone didn't know, blood <laughs> is in your body. That's where it's supposed <laughs> to be anyways. I would hope so. Sometimes you need a little extra, so they got to ingest some in you. <laughs> They've got to ingest some in you? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they take it out and Chantel, give it to other people. Sometimes I worked they take today. It other people and put it in you. you I know? worked today, and I was staring at a screen looking at the thousands and thousands of inventory that we have. <laughs> you know what I did today? I did school, and I talked. I had to public speak. Well, not really public speak because there was like 10 people there. But I know that's a big I, thing for you, though. Yeah, it's, it's big. <laughs> this, this doesn't bother me as much because, you know, it's just you. Like, I can't see the um, other this is why hundreds of people I, who are watching. I would really love to um, do a live show, but. Bro, I wouldn't be able to speak. I'd be like, Hi. 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 So it'll just be me someone, on stage and I'll like, have a cardboard cut like... out of you. Here's what we like, do. Um... This is what we do. It'll be me on stage with a cardboard cut out of you and you'll be backstage with the microphone. With the microphone. So you don't have to look at anyone. If I was in front of a crowd and someone was like, what's your favorite food? I'd be like, what's food? <laughs> I'd panic and not know <laughs> Anyways. So, so... So that was my day. That was your day. And your day was uh, arguably worse because of the thousands of inventory. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I it's I all good. That on an emotional level. <laughs> um. Yeah. So okay. Anyways. Uh. Sorry. Anyways. Where were we? So um, they now have confirmation that the their cause of death was cyanide. So in early October, police quickly linked all the deaths to um, the ingestion of the Tylenol capsules, um, which at the time, and I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's also still the best-selling non-prescription pain reliever in the U.S. Well, like, remember, I don't know about in the U.S., but in Canada, remember um, there was that huge Tylenol shortage and people was, were like panicking. It was around. It was during the pandemic because the doctors said the best way to cure or to help you with um, COVID, COVID and get through COVID is just to take Tylenol. So people yeah, were then, hoarding Tylenol. Yeah, and then things got dangerous because people were like, "Oh, you can give adult strength Tylenol to children, but like cut it in half," which don't do. Do not do that, please. Please um, talk to your I, doctor. Like, yeah, because, like, I remember seeing that go around, and then, like, I remember the news was, like, please do not do this. It's not safe. If you need help with this, go to your doctor. Don't go yeah, to the internet. Please go to your doctor. Like, if you're looking for any yeah. kind of medical advice, go to your doctor. Yeah. Don't so it just don't it look to like... us. Don't look to yeah, what don't. everyone else is doing. Go to your doctor. It's always better to be safe than sorry. So yes. it's, like, it's, so this is, like, Whenever I hear Tylenol now, I think of that first, right? The thing mm-hmm. that happened during COVID. It was more recent. And then I think of, and then I think of the the cyanide pills thing because I I heard about it, but I haven't heard very many details about this particular case. Like well, I heard that, <laughs> like I heard at some point there was uh, 
issues with Tylenol where they had someone putting like cyanide pills in it and they didn't know who it was. And that was like the details that I knew and that now it's not happening anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cole's notes of this entire story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. Anyway, so um, each of the victims swallowed a capsule laced with a lethal dose of cyanide. McNeil Consumer Products, which is the manufacturer of Tylenol for Johnson and Johnson, um, and Johnson and Johnson, both companies cooperated with the investigation, which was probably the best and absolute, like only thing they could have done. Yeah, if they said no, I'd get suspicious. Yes, and then so, I'd be like, why? Like, yeah. what are you trying to hide? Mm-hmm. So going as far as put out statements across the country and recalling more than 13 million bottles of Tylenol. This is why we talk about this case in marketing. The fact that they put out advertisement telling people not to take their products, which is Mm -hmm. unheard of, but also recalling over 31 million Tylenol bottles across the country and the world like that's millions of dollars yeah in the 70s because Tylenol is not like a dollar a bottle I mean I don't know how much it costs in the 70s but I'd assume it's not like a dollar a bottle and even if it was that's like 31 million dollars and I believe they even stopped production altogether wow okay yeah so um, they found other bottles in a few grocery stores and drugstores, also located in, Chica- in the Chicago area, but thankfully nobody had purchased them. McNeil and Johnson & Johnson offered replacements to anyone who returned their bottles free of charge, which another cost to them. Mm-hmm. And rewarded- also, I probably wouldn't take the free bottle. Not going to lie. Like, if they were recalling I it- think, well... Their reputation definitely got damaged. Like, did they tell the public why? Like, oh, there's, like, possibly signs. It was all over the news. Like, people told them. Yeah, I'd be so paranoid. I don't know about you, but I'd be, like, very paranoid. I'd be like, like, okay, well, they still don't know how these bottles got contaminated. Do Mm -hmm. I really want to risk it and get another bottle? Well, we'll, we'll... We'll get into how they kind of suffered reputation-wise and financially, but since then they've regained people's uh, yeah, trust. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. reason – I think part of the reason why was because of how they handled everything. Because if they right. didn't recall or do a recall on anything or, or cooperated as much as they did – because that was part – some of the things that we questioned too in our marketing classes is do you think a company – if something like this were to happen, do you think a company would recall all of that Their across product. the country yeah. or would they just do it within that city or in that state? Yeah, that's true. I, I – again, I I'm not saying – that this is what they would do, but I don't think they would do it to this extent. I think if it only yeah. happened in Illinois, Chicago, they would only recall them in that state. I feel like you're right. Like, I feel like in today's day and age, like, I can't speak for every single company, obviously, but I feel like with the climate and today's day and age, um, they would just try to, they would minimize the damage, but they wouldn't mm-hmm. um, recall it 
from the entire country. Yeah. Like, like you have to keep in mind that area and from that batch too. Cause I mean, today is more, a lot more sof- like sophisticated, um, I guess, technology wise than we were in the seventies. I see it all the time with grocery stores recalling like specific batches of lettuce. Like they, you still they buy don't lettuce. Recall. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you don't, they don't recall, I think it was a while ago, but there was a recall on, there was a recall on Turkey. <laughs> Actually, and it was over Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, and they had like specific batch numbers that they were recalling from specific stores and they provided the addresses of those stores. But they didn't recall so all of them. Way more specific. Yeah. They didn't recall the entire country's batch of turkey. They just recalled yeah. that specific area. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's, I think that's part of the reason why they regained their reputation just how they mm-hmm. handled things and I mean like I said to this day we still it's it's a very common case not just in marketing but in all business programs across the board you talk about yeah. this case yeah so um yeah as I said they offered uh, McNeil and Johnson and Johnson offered replacements to anyone who returned their bottles free of charge and rewarded anyone who came forward with any information that could help police find who was responsible so McNeil okay. and Johnson & Johnson investigated all employees, but they could not find anything. So it was not done internally. Right. Um, they and the police quickly established that the poisoning happened after ty- the Tylenols left the factories. So they um, hypothesized that someone may have taken the bottles off the shelves, poisoned them, and then put them back on the shelves for people to purchase, which is probably what did happen. Yeah, and it's just, it's, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I would never think to do that, but also I'm a nice person. I'd feel bad. Yeah. So to this day, (laughs) to this, it is an unsolved case. To this day, nobody has been found to be the culprit and remains unsolved. Um, There was one main suspect. His name was James Lewis, who claimed to be the Tylenol killer and wrote a ransom note to Johnson and Johnson demanding one million dollars to stop poisoning. Um, After a long back and forth, police realized that he was actually living in New York and had no connection at all to Chicago. So he was charged with extortion and sentenced to 20 years, but was released in 1995 after serving 13. It's Um, wild to me that people, that there's people in the world who, who think like that, like, you know, who first of all think, well, I'm going to take this Tylenol bottle, fill it with poison and put it back. Cause that's not something that I would ever possibly consider or even think to do. Mm -hmm. And then to on top of that, have someone like claim a crime that they didn't do as their own. It happens all like, the time, I, though, like, which is, like, it, weird It happens to me. all the time, and to me, that's just that's just crazy, like... Yeah. That's just so out of the realm of a possibility for me. I'm, like, that's just wild. Like, anybody who, like, even considers that is, like, crazy to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... It's, uh... Yeah, it's... Yeah. So, um... I don't know how people think like that. Mm-hmm. So, James Lewis had actually recently died in July of 2023... He was found dead in his home in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and he was 76 years old. So, um, many copycat crimes occurred during the 80s and 90s, but none of them were as deadly as or dramatic as this one. Before the incident, Tylenol controlled more than 35% of 
the over-the-counter pain relief market, which is huge. Wow, that's a, that's yeah. I was gonna say that's a lot. And it's massive. And it dropped to less than eight percent after the murders. Okay, so they, wow, that's a big hit. Yeah. yeah, but like I said, they they yeah. regained that over the yeah. years for sure. So Johnson and Johnson developed new measures to ensure safe um, consumption of all medication with the FDA with FDA officials. So they got the FDA involved to help them with this. So they right. created new tamper-proof packaging, which included foil seals and other packaging methods, like putting them in boxes, that would make it obvious it was tampered with. And it is now industry standard. So it's not just Tylenol and Johnson & Johnson doing this. It's all medication across the board. Yeah. Every single medication I've ever purchased has had like packaging yes. and the seal. Yeah. And it's all because of this. Um, they also introduced new versions of their pill, which had a coating of slick, easy-to-consume gelatin, making it harder to tamper with. Um, Johnson & Johnson invested over $100 million to the changes, which they quickly got back along with their reputation. The recall wow. was praised, and to this day, um, it is a case studied in business schools, as I mentioned. Yeah, you, can, you studied <laughs> Many it. times, yeah. <laughs> um, in 1983, U.S. Congress passed the Tylenol Bill, which makes it a federal offense to tamper with consumer products. And in 18... In 18... In 1989, the FDA established federal guidelines for all manufacturers to make all products tamper-proof. And like I said, it's now the reason why all goods, not just medication, but all consumer goods have the foil seal on them. Mm -hmm. um, and as we know, if the seal is broken, you either return it to the store or you throw it out. Yeah. And that is that. Or you even check before you buy it to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what that I do with that. sauces. I check, I check my sauces. I don't check my ketchup, though. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do, I do, I do check my Halloween candy when I was younger, and we would go trick or treating. Yes, yeah. I always check my Halloween candy for any tampering before I ate it. That's smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, all of this information I got from um, PBS.org, ChicagoHistory.org, and the ChicagoTribune.com, which I will put in the description below if you want to read a little bit more about it. But, um. It's just sad where, and we've had this conversation before, where something tragic has to happen in order for changes to be made. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, but it's always, it's, it's, always it's almost like you it. don't, and it's not to the, to Johnson Johnson's fault or any other manufacturer's fault of, of that. Like, you don't think people mm -hmm. are sick enough to do something right. like this. Right, like I said, like I said before, it's crazy that someone would think, "Oh, I'm going to take the the drugs off the shelf, put something inside of it, and then put it back on." Yeah, like you don't you don't think about that until mm -mm. it actually happens. That's the thing. Like you and can't. It sucks that as much as you try to prepare for things like this to happen, mm -hmm. you just unfortunately can't foresee. Everything. Can't think of every. Yeah, you can't think of every possible scenario. And I can't even everything. imagine like. I mean, like I Especially said. Especially if you don't think that way. I mean, nowadays yeah. I find a lot more people think that way because they're a lot more 
cautious and they always try to think of the worst case scenario. I mean, you know me, I always think of the worst case scenario when I'm planning things. Like we'll be planning a trip and I'll be like, what happens if a ice and fire tornado comes through right after a hurricane and then an earthquake right after? Like, what are we going to do? She's not lying. She does this all the time. (laughs) And I think about it because I always think about the, I think about the worst case scenarios and I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need a plan just in case this happens. And it sucks that that's how a lot of people have to think nowadays. But I mean, back in the seventies, that wasn't really how you thought very much. Like you no. trusted a lot and mm-hmm. a, and I think it's just learning from all these things that people have lost that trust in a lot of a lot of stuff. So then you think of the worst case scenarios now, but you don't necessarily yeah. think of the most evil scenarios, if that makes sense. Like you you don't think people are gonna die taking medication that's supposed right. to help them get better. Right. You know, like right. it's and- yeah. And, and it's like it's like we talked about before with the COVID-19 and um, the Tylenol. Like, you would think people would know not to cut their pills and try to give it to their, like, children. But the fact that, like, the news had to come out and say, don't do that, talk to a doctor, um, is kind of scary, too. Enough people <laughs> in that. Yeah. Enough people have done it where people may have ended up in the hospital because of it. Right. And like, it's just, it's, it's wild that like people think like that, like, you know, like people Mm -hmm. have this mentality where they like speaking of the the case in the seventies with the cyanide where people think like, oh, I'm going to do this to cause the most harm is crazy to me because, you know, me and you for sure could never, never like think that way. And to hear people do is just, oh my goodness. Yeah crazy it's scary it's scary to it's scary it is scary because you think you're gonna you're buying medication from the store that you think mm-hmm. hasn't been tampered with right from a company that you trust exactly and then all of a sudden the worst case scenario happens exactly like that is and the fact yeah. that it's still an unsolved case that's crazy like, to me too, like, like I I understand he it's could the seventies and they probably the didn't have the person responsible. Yeah, still like the person like responsible for this could is could still be alive. Yeah, like they could be very old, but they could still be alive. Yeah, like it's it boggles my mind that it's it's still unsolved. Yeah, it's like, and like they don't have any theories behind it, do they? No, because the the only thing that they had going for them was those letters that, um, James the guy Lewis, who faked it. Yeah, sent, right? those, and I mean it was the seventies. There's no there's no cameras really around. I think right. if that and crime like, was done today, we would have an easier time of figuring out who actually is responsible and you can because you could trace batch numbers and everything as cameras well. every, but they did do that that's why oh, they went they? to the factories okay because okay. they went so when they were doing the investigations within the factories and, and johnson and johnson they went directly to the batch number to that factory to those factories because i believe it was 
two or three. One of them I know was in Texas. They went directly to those factories and investigated everyone. Right. And so, okay, everyone so came the, back clean. The, the lady, I'm sorry, I forget her name already. The lady who first was like, I think it's the Tylenol. How early did she catch it before everybody else? Was the night. Like days? So she no, caught it, it the, the night same, of. The same night that they were in the hospital trying to um, revive them. Right. And then every, and then when the other doctors were like, hey, we think it's the Tylenol, when did that happen? Was that like a couple nights later, same night? I believe. So once Dr. Kim got the autopsy report, which I believe was the next day, um, and he they said they had cyanide in there in their um right so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a big enough gap to really make a difference in the investigation no like it all happened so quickly okay yeah and even when the the fire lieutenant when the fire lieutenants kind of figured out before they even found the results of the autopsy there was something in the tylenol they they kind of figured something must have must be going on with the tylenol must be going on right I mean, like, good on that lady for figuring it out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forget her name. <laughs> so fine. I forget Mary, her name. Oh, I close my notes. Um, Mary Johnson, I believe. Like, good on her for for figuring out that out so quickly because that was that was some that was some fast detective skills. Yeah, I gotta say. But like, it's 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 crazy to me that um, she wasn't listened to until they had. I like think part of the reason part of the reason she wasn't listened to was because she was a woman. This is also the seventies. Probably had some gender and political and other um, yeah. factors piling onto it. Yeah, seven people died. That's a lot of people, right? Yeah. All on the same night, right? Like all on the same day, or you know, within a day or two, right? And all of them consumed Tylenol. Right. That's why I think they were able to work very quickly and try to, like, put two and two together. Right. And cyanide is a very fast-acting poison, I believe. Like, you, it's, it's the type of, you know, when you watch spy movies and, you you watch the the spy movies. You know, the, the spy has to. The first thing that comes to mind is Captain America. Yes, yes. That when he took the cyanide pill at his tooth, it was car, his tooth. He had, like the car door. Captain America, like Chris Evans, was behind the car door, and he was interrogating yeah. the guy, and the guy like cyanided himself. I don't know what what that verb is. Cyanided. Um, took cyanide. I don't know. He took cyanide. He took cyanide. But yeah, like like yeah, you think of the you think of the spy movies, not necessarily yeah. oh cyanide. But now you know if meds. you if you smell almonds and anything that shouldn't have almonds in it, it may be laced with cyanide. Mm-hmm. And if you so, don't know what almonds smell like, maybe figure out of. what they smell like <laughs> because it could save your life. It could save yeah. other people's lives. You never know. See, now I'm just gonna be paranoid, and if I like smell a cookie. And I know the cookie has almonds. I'm going to be like, but does it have cyanide as well? But does it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I I um really enjoyed... Not that I enjoy doing these things. Like, they're so... It's sad because <laughs> people die. But 
it's it's one that I have known for a very long time just because mm-hmm. we do study it and like praises all around to Johnson and Johnson and um, McNeil for the way they handled everything. Cause like I said, right. I don't think if something happened like that today, I don't think it, the recall would happen, but not to the extent that they did it then. Yeah, I agree. Like I they, agree. like they, they were like the top of their game and that, right. Like, they risked everything to make sure that nobody else died. Yeah. Right? And they regained it all back. So, yeah. That that is that for today's episode. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, I don't know how we, I always have a, like, hard time ending these things so if anyone has any suggestions on how we end things here um let us know but in the meantime we i feel like we always come up with a good ending and then we forget to write it down and then we never no i know know what we have to say at the end when we say bye but like leading up to that i never know what to say um like share subscribe follow us on social media hey if if we get to 5,000 subscribers, we're going to set up a Patreon and we're going to go ghost hunting because it's not yep. cheap. <laughs> and maybe if we set up a Patreon, we'll, we'll give you extra stuff. Also, if we, get, yeah. if we get more subscribers, then we can maybe, I don't know, make t-shirts or something. Make t-shirts or something. I don't know. A little side rant. Um, <laughs> like, share, subscribe. Um, throw a comment down below. Yeah. Just show your love. Love and support each other. Because we love you guys. I'm, I'm currently holding my mic, so I've only got one hand. Well, oh, wait, hold on. Let me switch hands. <laughs> eh. Eh. It's all my hand up so you can see it. It's good enough. Good enough. Close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, share, subscribe. Stay spooky, stay sparkly, stay scared. Until next time. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.